And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome to the Always Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. Okay, James, do we have a lot to discuss? Not or what. We do. And we can just talk about the last 23 minutes of that game last night. Just just focus just on that for the whole show. Although I don't know, people might stop listening if we do that. So maybe we won't do that. Well, we will talk about that. We're going to talk about Tavares and Neander. We're going to talk about something that was in your story today for the Athletic uh, Trade Possibilities. Uh, we will get into Marner and Matthews. Um, kind of the lack of any clear role definition contribution from their third line right now we'll take some listener questions but let's start with the obvious and that's the last game and we're going to start james with the this guy is such an idiot quote of the week you think it's my fault is that what you're saying, saying you're, is that what you're saying, saying you're is that what you're saying okay well, yeah he was just screaming in my ear so <laughs> i had to kind of start singing along with him but uh you know, he's a big fan of that song he plays in the car sometimes so uh you know, he, he definitely is a big mon jovi guy it's been a lot of ups and downs you know a lot of emotions and a lot of great teammates that's passed by just being around this useful energy that gets me excited and they got a lot of it here, but uh, yeah, just soak it all in. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, young again. It's it's a good feeling to be in. I need more emotion. We need more emotion from everybody. We need people to get angry. We need people to step up and, and be mad and take it personally. Uh, it was just okay. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for that. <laughs> so you guys can package that someplace, okay? <laughs> Sheldon, uh, what did you see after it got to five one that that allowed Ottawa to to get back in this game and eventually? When I think what I what I saw really started before five one. Uh, I thought we were just really careless and sloppy with the puck, and that was it. And that was Sheldon Keefe's <laughs> answer to that question. From and then he just stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, so he was just he's not in the mood. Um, so he, here's where I I think we should start. I think there's going to be, and you can already sense it online, a danger in overreacting to something like this. It's obviously not endearing to give up a 5-1 lead to the worst team in the league um how much do you take from it like i'm not sure how much i'm actually going to take from it how much do you i i think the thing is jonas is that the the fan base has just seen it before right i mean they they, they had a collapse like like this in the playoffs against columbus i remember you know, that's not that's not that long ago like that's you know they played 16 games what game was the the collapse against columbus it was, was it game three yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Yep. And then that's how they got put themselves in such a tough position by losing that game. And then they got behind in the next game. And so you, in isolation, yes, this is an overreaction because they've had a pretty good start to the season. Obviously, their record is, is fantastic right now. I mean, like if, you know, if you would have handed us a piece of paper a month ago and said this is going to be their record after 16 games, we would have, you know, anyone would have taken that. Um, but, you know, some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast and, 
we've been accused of being too negative is that, you know, there were some underlying things in their, their, their record and their numbers that pointed to it not being sustainable. There were some, some potential issues and uh, I'm sure we can, we can talk through some of those and, you know, you, you never want to lose a game. Like that's, that's, that's supposed to be like a historic loss. Like that's supposed to be the kind of loss that a franchise has once every 10 or 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not once in the playoffs. And then you have another one 16 games into the season against the worst team in the league. Ottawa, I think only has three wins, right? And and two of them are against Toronto. For, for it's the same thing. I, I, I had this now, in, but yeah, I I had this in my piece that the Leafs seem to play down to their opponents all the time. They, they they seem to have a hard time against getting up for the games where yeah you're right yeah it looks like they're up to. Uh, I'm not sure that that's true this four year. Wins. I'm not sure that that's true this year. Like I actually. Well, I just I I just mean the Ottawa games. Like yeah. Well, I mean those the, were the you, first the, two games of the year, but yeah. Or no, I guess they were second and third games of the year. Sorry. Second and third? Yeah. Yeah, so they've, they've played three games against Ottawa and they've lost two of them and they just haven't really... I mean, the, the one game they beat Ottawa, they were excellent. Remember the game with Jack Campbell was in net? They they, they were really, really good. So um, the game was only 3-2, but they played really well. I don't know. I mean, it's... I understand why the fans are saying not this not this shit again. Not, not this team again. And I mean, the Leafs haven't really earned... The benefit of the doubt. No, you know they're going to have to. They're they're going to have to stop playing games like this so consistently for for the fan base not to freak out about it. Fair. It's funny, like when when they're just dominating in the first period. All I'm thinking to myself is like, this is exactly what they should be doing. They should be like destroying a team like this, not not taking them lightly. Just being like, we're way better than you, and we're gonna we're just gonna win the game. And then obviously it flipped um, pretty dramatically. Um, it's almost like they just, it's like the the machine powers off or something. Like they run, you know, like. Well, it seemed like it, it was too easy for them and they just kind of let it slide. Like a couple so, shorthand that, goals. That, doesn't that always happen that they like, it's like, oh, well, we got it. It's in the bag. I guess you know, I'm just like. not very good. We're so good. It's tough. Like I'm a little reluctant to connect this team to the other teams but a lot of the parts obviously are the same like the key parts are the same um with differences around the edges same goalie three same. of the top four d you know it's the just like james forwards. like I, i've been watching like a, a bunch of like bruins games and there's been a handful of bruin games where they've been down a lot and come back like i just think these games do sometimes happen it's just when you put it in the context of what this team in particular has done it it looks more alarming. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to come away from it saying like, oh, no, it's the same well, stuff. We, we've, we've said that. I mean, I remember we said this in the past, right? Like, remember when the Zamboni goalie game happened in February of... Yeah, oh, that Jesus, was revealing been, of something, yeah. Jesus, Jonas, it's been a year. It's yeah, year February 22, Zamboni. I think, is the, the game. I remember coming out of that game, it's like... I think the piece I wrote it coming out of that game is like, I don't think this team has it. You know, I don't, they keep doing this over and over again. And we're going to say the same thing here. It's like, they, they, they're going to have to come back on Wednesday and in the next 10 games and prove that that's not what they are. But I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I understand why the, like they're just giving the critics and giving the fans all of the ammunition in the world to criticize them. We're probably going to end for the same crap on, you know, in, in the media and on Twitter about trade Nylander and all that, all that stuff's all going to start up again if they keep playing games like that. Yeah. Well, and to your point before, they are still first in the league. So it's not all dire, uh, but that's the first time all year that they've lost back-to-back games. That's something. The Montreal game was like similar in the sense that they started really strong and then kind of lost it. Like that first period against Montreal over the weekend was just like the Matthews and Marner show. But that's that's the thing is that like I don't Matthews and Marner have been really good lately. Like I don't really yeah. have a lot of criticism reserved for them. And you have your two superstars playing. I mean Matthews is playing as good as we've ever seen him play. He might be the best he's, player in the league right now. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, and to 
I don't know, to not be able to. It it, it just feels like there's something wrong with the rest of the lines and the rest of the like. There's there's just and the, the funny thing too, Jonas, is that I don't. Uh, the D I, uh, has been okay. Like I I don't. Well, let's get you know, into that, it, James. Like you're kind of touching around where we're going next. Uh, and that's yes, Tavares. I was, I was setting you up. Thank you very I was, much. You were it was being, a segue. You are being the yeah. Mitch Marner to my Austin Matthews. I, of course, read the schedule of what we're talking about, and I was anticipating and working ahead. Well, so one of the, the clear concerns is the lack of punch from Tavares and Nylander. Um, they tried putting Zach Hyman there against Ottawa. It start like they had a really good first shift. Didn't generate a lot. It's kind of been the story all year uh, that they just haven't looked all that dangerous. They're not spending long stints in the offensive zone. Uh, William Neander isn't shooting the puck like he did last year. He's not attacking the net. John Tavares like hasn't shined like he, they probably hoped. Um, mm. What's like? Tavares had a good good pass to Ottawa there last night. <laughs> what what? What is your concern level with this, and what do you think they should do? I think I'm at the point where, you know, they've given them 16 games. We're in a shortened season. I think I break those two up. Um, but I'm reluctant to break up Matthews and Marner. So I don't. I haven't thought far enough ahead in this part of my answer to tell <laughs> you what I think they should do. So I'm just going to – I'm going to throw it back to you, and, and you say um, – I can take you, it. I'll you explain it. what they should do when they break that up. Well, it's funny. Like I, I had been thinking about um, where Joe Thornton would fit when he came back, and I actually thought it, it, it. I get what Sheldon Keefe was thinking. Like when Thornton was with Matthews and Marner for that five game stint, it looked fine. Like it looked, and the underlying numbers were. I thought all, it looked like, fine last night too. It I mean, looked fine, some, but let, yeah. but let me go on. I I kind of think you had Hyman, Matthews, Marner, and it was working great. I kind of was curious to see what it would look like if you gave Thornton to Tavares and Nealander, just because he's a big body. He's he's shown he can really protect the puck down low. He's obviously a fantastic passer still. And it feels like they kind of need someone to do that. Like Hyman, Hyman Filt checks half the boxes, but one of the things I liked about Kerfoot is like he can pass the puck. And it feels like they need a guy to open up some opportunities for them. I guess the, the the thing is like if you're going to break up Neilander and Tavares and you're not going to put Marner with Tavares, what what are you really doing to to help Tavares? Like who are you giving him from among Hyman, Engvall, Mikheyev, Kerfoot? Like who are you giving him that that's going to work? Like you could put Kerfoot with Neilander, you could put Kerfoot with Tavares, but that creates a problem at center. I kind of feel like they'll probably just grind it out and hope that that someone can click like Hyman can get them going, but I just don't know what the alternative is besides breaking up the other two guys who are going so well. Could you put Nylander with Matthews and Marner? And then it's Thornton, Tavares and Hyman. I don't know. Something like that. I don't hate it. I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. I just, I just feel like we've seen enough for whatever reason. Like it's funny, you know, last year when they put, Tavares and Nylander together, you you have a better memory for this stuff than I do. I can't remember. That was like well, how long into the season? Like it was late December. So? It was when they, remember they had that crazy game against Carolina when they put Matthews and Marner together? That was when mm. they put Tavares and Nylander. The together. next generation game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you do have a better memory because I was going to say like when Keith took over and started putting Matthews and Marner together. Anyway, so that seemed kind of like, I don't know if Nylander's going to work with Tavares. And then like it kind of just clicked right away and they were, they looked great. You know, they, they really produced. Uh, uh, we haven't seen that at all this year. No. Like, I, we haven't really seen them connect on a lot of great plays or they, they look completely mismatched from each other. Uh, and it's tough because they came into the season expecting that that connection to still be there. I mean, they clearly thought that that was going to be something they could count on, and it's not right now. And, you know, I've said in the past this year that, that the Leafs sometimes look like a two-line team. I mean, sometimes they look like a one-line team right now. Like they, I, I know that they've been getting more secondary scoring from Travis Boyd and, and, and some of the other depth players, but 
it's almost like they have a first line that's really good, and then they have like three third lines or something. Like they don't have a, a, a good enough second punch coming. Well, and that's not what you're paying for. Like your Tavares is eleven million, Neander's almost seven. They they need them to be not Matthews and Marner level dominant, but they need them to be winning shifts, and that wasn't happening in the playoffs. I guess like to get back to your point about Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Neander and who should play with who. It's something we talked about before the year. One of the issues, and this is kind of the the argument that Mike Babcock w- would always make, is Matthews, uh, Marner can lift up somebody else. Matthews can lift up himself. Like they could both, you don't need them together to to have success. Now the counter is obviously what we've seen this year where they've just looked like this unbelievable duo that reads off each other so well. But the counter is Tavares needs Marner more than Matthews does. And if you had Matthews with Neilander, you yeah, like Neilander might have these stints where he's kind of not going, and it won't matter because Matthews is Matthews. And I think there is some validity to that. I, it just seems hard to envision them breaking up Matthews and Marner given how well they've been going. Right? Like, how do you? You yeah, know? I think that that's. I think that's why they haven't done it yet because they've been. One of the best duos, maybe the best duo in the NHL. Like the, the chemistry there is, and those guys really want to play with each other. So you're going to have to, yeah, you're you're going to have to massage that. I think with those guys and explain that like this, this isn't. I don't know. I mean, I, I've liked what Keith has done in terms of you know he he's leaned on the minutes for those guys when they're playing really well, and but they've been they've been they've been let down by the rest of the roster really well so there there's two parts of it the first part or one part is is neander um this is the neander who really frustrates people including me as like the president of the fan club like this is like when he's just not there's just that something missing that extra gear that's missing um and it honestly feels like Tavares especially now at this point in his career, really needs him, like needs him to be that. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like now things have just gotten harder for Tavares, it seems. Like he's 30. He's not generating as many shots. He's not generating as many shot attempts. His scoring chances are down. He just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't, he hasn't, he doesn't really look. What's funny is like he does look faster, but it, I wonder if like he's at a different point where maybe the hands are like 10% less effective and the feet maybe like it looks faster and he's not, a, I don't know. So what I guess what around about what I'm, what I'm saying, James is like, to me, it's Neilander. They really need to get going and they are trying like Sheldon Keefe had this talk with him after practice the other day. He's talked to Neilander has talked about wanting to shoot the puck more, um, to attack the net more have more zone time. They need him to be better. Like this, this Neander, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's, it's good enough. The other thing too, is that the third line's really struggling too, right? Like it doesn't really have an identity. It doesn't really, yes. it hasn't really been able, they haven't been able to use it as a kind of shutdown checking line. That they were hoping and the, the um, I mean, but, 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 you know, the biggest thing in the Ottawa game, though, is kind of just like these, like, really brain-dead mistakes that they've been making, right? Like, it's not even – that's kind of what Keith said. It's like it's not even – you know, territorially, you look at expected goals and possession and all that. And, it, like, it was okay in that Ottawa game. It was just that they were just doing really, really dumb things. And all of them hey, – let me ask you – let me change gears a little bit. I mean, we're kind of, like, navel-gazing, looking at the line combinations and stuff over and over again. Like – there seems to be a real debate in the fan base over Frederick Anderson's play in that game and how much he contributed to the loss. I feel like like the goals were like breakaways and like one-timers going, yes. you know. Like I when I watched the game in real time and then I wrote a story after the game, so I didn't really go back and really closely watch the game and, and the goals a second time. Um, but watching it in real time, I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, I can't believe Anderson let that one in. It, it was more like like they, you know, Ottawa was getting really good goals. They were getting really good opportunities, and they were capitalizing. And you know, deflections, breakaways. I don't know. Am I wrong? No, I have a hard time putting that on the goalie. And as you know, like I have not been 
reluctant to kind of put stuff on Frederick Anderson when it hasn't been there. Like obviously you are not the the president of the Frederick Anderson. (laughs) No, I'm not, I'm not even the treasurer. I'm just not even in the, I'm not in the club. Um, I find it hard to put that on him. Like some of those, like James, like that, I don't know, like Tavares gives the, the puck away when they're trying to break out on the power play. It's a breakaway. Like that, that what's his name? Zube, Zube. Yeah, I was calling him Zubilee Zoo. He gets a breakaway out of the box. No, I, I did you, not see that. Do you ever see that show when it was on TV? No. It was like a kid's show and all these people were dressed up like animals and it was called Zubilee Zoo. So, if Zub was on the Leafs, then I would just be talking about that show all the time. I would have his face photoshopped on a picture of them and it would be amazing. But he's not, so. So not, it's not happening. But I, again, like that was nine straight starts for Anderson. I wonder, I mean, they, they basically gave him most of practice off on Sunday. You wonder if like maybe there's some fatigue setting in. He's obviously not going to play both games of the back-to-back against Ottawa this week. You're going to, you're excited Michael to see Hutchinson's some Michael Hutchinson. Music. Yep. Michael Hutchinson's music. I wonder what his music would be if he had a song. Do you think it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Glass Breaks? My daughter's been making me listen to the chicken dance over and over and over again. So maybe that's what. What I'll be hearing in the background when Michael Hutchinson gets in net. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, so let, let, that brings us in, not exactly, to what you wrote about on, what day is today? Tuesday morning in The Athletic. If you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash leaf report. Trade possibilities, and the guy you kind of like. How'd you like my column? Did you give me an awesome on the on the grades? I'll be honest; I don't ever rate anyone because I feel like I shouldn't. I I think it's like <laughs> as a as a, a an well, employee. There's like, there's like thousands of people rating those. I don't think yours is going to like affect. It's going to be like a decimal decimal point change, and no one's going to ever notice. All right, maybe I'll just start giving awesomes. I'm just joking. I'm just saying that was a that was a weird column to write because I went into the game. You know how sometimes you have an idea going into a game, and it's like, and then the game unfolded, and it was so crazy and weird. And I was like, I I, I messaged you after the at the end of the game. I was like, well, I can't write that now. And then I sat down. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to write what I was going to write anyway, which is, you know, some of the potential. I, I don't. The thing, though, like the argument you can make is if they can make one of those trades in the next, like, let's say the Leafs have kind of an up and down next two or three weeks and, you know, the, the Tavares and Neilander combination doesn't really seem to to ever click. Making a change in terms of a trade and getting them a new lineman and whatever, that could be something that, that, that gives you, you know, we're struggling to talk about how the lineup could change. If they bring in another forward who can play in the top six, that, that at least gives them something to, to think about. Well, I don't think you're out of out of uh, out of line. Like I, I wrote, I think the first or second week into the season for the Monday morning column, like that they they need another forward. Like it just even with like Thornton and Simmons looking better than expected, like it just feels like they're one guy short. And obviously, you bring up Michael Granlund, and like he can play some center, he can play some wing. He kind of fits like the kind of mold of of what they need. I really think they need. Uh, a third line center like I I understand Grant hasn't played center in a long time like well he so then he's not that guy he's but maybe, not great on the draw so maybe he's the, someone you can play with um, Tavares and Neander maybe like he's playing on Nashville's second line at the moment um, why do you he's think a good player make sense like Granlund, you know what I did is that I should have actually put the whole list in my story but it ended up only being like three or four names I just looked at all the teams that are going to be out of the playoff race around the trade deadline or in the month before the trade deadline. There's not that many. There's like eight, maybe 10 if you stretch, uh, that are going to be trading away some players at the time that the Leafs are going to be looking to add. And Nashville is one of the teams in that group. They've started the year six and nine. It looks like they might potentially think about a retool or a rebuild this year and and that they're not going to be uh, a competitive team. 
I know that I, I, I dug around a little bit on this the last few days. I know that the Leafs like Granlund a lot. I know that when he was a free agent and he was sitting out there for months that, that they did talk to them and obviously they couldn't make the money work. He ended up getting 3.75 from Nashville and there's no way the Leafs could have accommodated that. Um, I, I think that he fits because he would complement the skill of a Matthews or a Tavares really well, just his passing ability. And he's good defensively and he's, you know, he's, he's a smart player. Uh, who I think is kind of atrophied a little bit in a team like Nashville that doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons to play with him. So, but you know he's not a big guy, and he's he's like he's not going to bring a physical element. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be you know the, one of those those players that that a lot of Leafs fans feel like they still need. Yeah, that's the the challenge, right? Like there's there's going to be a lot of teams, uh, I guess, in it. I guess like you mentioned in your story, like maybe you wait a little longer or some other teams are kind of out of the mix and maybe they're willing to make trades. Um, the other thing is like, what do you trade? Um, I wrote about Travis Dermott last week. Um, you are kind of, it seems in the m- majority in that you would prefer the Leafs to keep him just in case they actually do need him, which is is fair. I just don't know what else – like Michael Granlund isn't costing you Travis Dermott. He's costing you a draft pick, right? Like he's not costing you much. Well, he's a rental. He's a rental. But he's – you know, you were talking about like a Sam Bennett kind of like – Granlund's a way better player than Sam Bennett. Like he's a, he's a top six winger. Right, but he's Sam also Bennett an expiring contract, fourth, right? Yeah, but I, mean, yeah. I don't – Bennett might be a fourth liner. I don't want to pay him what he's making to be on the fourth line. So. Fair. Yeah, fair. Uh, the the thing the conclusion I came to Jonas with looking at all of those teams that might potentially be out of the race is that there are not going to be that many high end forwards available at the trade deadline. There's going to be like five, you know. And that Granlin is if, if Nashville continues to suck, for lack of a better term, Granlin's going to be one of the best forwards that's available. That's to me that's undeniable. There's just, you know, the, the other name that I found interesting when I went through every single team was was Eric Stahl in Buffalo. Because, you know, you're talking about they need a third-line center. He'd be a pretty good third-line center. Yeah. It's just that it's like adding to the old guy brigade. Yes. That's the, but Stahl's the got, only thing. He's got quite a bit left. He is 36. But, I mean, he had 19 goals last year. I don't hate that. I actually, I, I like that a little bit better. To be honest, I mean, maybe I'm, I don't know, like some of the other names that like Bobby Ryan or uh, there's that IFALO and yeah, I don't LA, like who's a UFA. Um, they're, they're, I don't think there's going to be a lot of really sexy options available. So they're, un, unless they, they try and you could try and trade for someone with term, but then you're going to have to give up more and it, the trade's going to get more complicated. And the other thing that complicates things is their cap situation is really tight. You know, they're, they're, I think they can fit someone like Granlin in maybe without moving out a significant salary, but they're not going to be able to fit in anyone that makes more than that and without trading, you know, a Kerfoot or something else. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So the reason that we're talking in part about trades and uh, about another forward is their, their bottom six is still very much in question, and Sheldon Keefe is still like moving parts around constantly. Obviously, Wayne Simmons would be in that mix if he was healthy. He had played really well before he got hurt. But other than that, I mean, Jason Spetz has had his moments for sure. He's 37. Like I don't know what else you can ask. Travis Boyd has scored, I think, twice on his three shots. He's been fine. Um, I like Nick Patan, but Nick Patan is what he is. Um, it to me like it, it's really Kerfoot and VC that have, haven't really worked, um, and obviously the Kerfoot thing is is complicated because of the contract, because of the trade. Um, 
maybe well, let's because he plays center too, right? Like it's not like if they yeah, you know, if they move him, they need someone else that can come in and play those minutes. Well, they do have someone who played third line center last year to reasonable success. Would any part of you be thinking about that if you were Sheldon Keefe? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Jumbo. Jumbo. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of wondering if when they came back, if one of the things I like about that is you could get Kerfoot back up with Tavares and Nylander and maybe you can get a spark going. I mean, there's, there's three guys who haven't really given you a lot and, you know, maybe they could, maybe that there's something there if you put them all together. Well, the, the, the tough thing with Kerfoot, James, is like, I think we've talked about this before, but it, I'm not sure that, that, that Kerfoot at center works. I'm not sure he can be... I, I get what Sheldon Keefe was talking about before coming into the year, that Kerfoot can be a pretty good defensive player. It's just like he's really small. Um, and I don't know that he can do that kind of role uh, against some of the competition that he's going to be facing. He's not very good um, in the faceoff circle offensively. I think he's a good passer, but I think he's more like a supporting cast member offensively. Like I don't think he's going to be able to drive a line. Um, and then like they signed VC for, for 900 grand and I'm writing something for Wednesday about him. He just hasn't really figured out how to, to fit. Um, offensively he's given them very little. He's not on the power play. He's killing like a little bit of penalties. He's not physical. Like he's, he's got two goals, right? And they were both like tap-ins from Nylander. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, goals that I could have scored yes. in theory. Like, I, he just hasn't been noticeable at all. I mean, the only time you notice him, I saw a fan was complaining on, on social media yesterday that he's always seems to be falling over or losing his stick or, you know, like he just, I don't know. VC's been, he's been a, a big bust for me. I just, I haven't really, he just hasn't made an impact. Well, and, th- and that's like, that's going to happen, right? You take all these bets in free agency, for the most part, they've worked. Like Simmons, like I, I thought was a little overpriced for what he is at this point. He played well. Like, it's hard to argue with that. Bogosian's been fine for a million. Like, Boyd for 700K is fine. Like, that's that works. Um, and, you, and you take a shot with Jimmy Vesey, who had a down year in Buffalo. Like, he has some good years in the past in, in New York. And it's just kind of been the same as last year in Buffalo, where we get, he doesn't really start well. It, it seems like he struggles to kind of fit in. Um, and they could really use that. Like I, I've been like doing a lot of like digging through some of the stuff that they've said about him and Sheldon Keefe talked about, like they hoped he could kind of replace in some ways, Kapanen or Janssen, fill that kind of role in their top nine, be able to play with good players, be able to chip in offensively. And you think of VC, like he got a chance to play with Matthews. He got a chance to play with Tavares. Like they've tried to kind of, feed him these opportunities and it just hasn't fit. Um, and so that hurts. And like they trade for Alex Galchenyuk. That's like a, like you pointed out, it's like a project you, you try. Um, I think Nick Robertson will be up soon. If like, if, if this still doesn't work, like to me, he's kind of the guy I would keep an eye on because. Did you see some of the highlights of him with the Marlies? He looked No, not yet. Not yet. I, I saw just like some clips that people were posting online and, you know, his, his skating looked pretty good. I mean, the, the, the concern with him is he's like, he's not the fastest guy in the world. And then you get a knee injury and whatever it was game two or game three of the season. And then, but he, he looked, he looked, I mean, from what I saw, I mean, just looking at some highlights, he looked pretty good. So it'd be, I, I would like to see him get a shot here in the next little while and, and give him a shot in some sheltered minutes, but with some good players and, and see what he can do. Yeah, they need it. They need the boost. Like when you look at like their bottom six mix, like when Mikheyev offensively has kind of hasn't had it for a variety of reasons. Pierre Engvall is who he is. Kerfoot hasn't had it. Like this is what the trade off in the offseason was about, James. Like you you trade some of your your forward pieces, so you have the cap space to be able to sign TJ Brody, and you bring in Zach Bogosian. Like this is you trying to balance the roster. And one of the effects is like you might not have as much uh, upfront offensively that you did in the past, and that's kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, that sounds right to me. 
I mean, we didn't, um, we've talked a lot about kind of the line combinations. We talked a little bit about Anderson. Like, what do you make of what's happening on the blue line? Like, it's, it feels weird to me because normally when the Leafs are having these collapses, everyone's pulling their hair out over like mistakes that like Cody Cece or Ron Hainsey or Roman Polak or, you know, whatever defenseman you want to mention from the past that, you know, is, is, is struggling, Jake Gardner. Um, there doesn't really seem to be like a, a whipping boy that everyone's pointing to on the blue line this year or, or, or like, like it, it's almost like it's, I, I don't think it is the, the fault of, of the D right now, the, the way that they're losing some of these games. Well, to be fair, they've only lost two games in the last little bit here before that they two had gone game, like two game losing streak. Yeah. And I mean, like you look at some of the underlying <laughs> numbers, like it, you know what it is like James, like before with Gardner, it was like glaring mistakes. Like you could not miss those yeah. things. And, and that contributed to him being underrated and over like he took too much shit because like he'd make this one big mistake while you'd miss all the little subtle plays that he made. But like the underlying numbers for Brody Riley are fine. Now Muzzin and Hall are obviously good. I like the the third pair with Thurman and Bogosian. Like it, I don't think it's that. Um, I mean that Ottawa game, like it's, it's like a couple of those goals are just like shorthanded goals. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm yeah, not, they're, just, I, they're, they're weird. You know, someone, some, they're I, weird. I, I can't remember who it was. Someone on social media was saying that's just like a weird game, but <laughs> at least like, are we ready for reader questions? Cause that's a good segue into what people are asking about today. I did just want to mention that. The Martyr and Matthews thing, like Matthews is like, this is unbelievable. Well, we already talked about that. We didn't, didn't we? No, we didn't. We said he. You said he was the best player in the league. That was like a second. I think we should take like two more minutes to discuss it. He's on like a thirteen-game point streak. Although it's not a point streak according to the NHL. That's just dumb. A guy misses a game to injury. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, it's it's a point streak for him playing games. He's making it look so easy. It's insane. Like it looks like he's playing against like minor hockey goalies. Like they have no chance. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even when like Brett Hall was scoring eighty some goals when you know in the nineties. I don't remember him like. I don't know. Like the goalies, the goalies there too. Like it's not like yes, it's not like Matthews putting in an empty net. He's just like he he's like Neo in the Matrix, and he can just like see the bullets coming or something, and he just can like pick the spot the goalie isn't there, and like the goalie has no chance. It's it's really it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I what's his shooting percentage at? Right it's at now? twenty, I mean, which is like a little high, high, but but not really. Yeah. Like last year, he was 16, 15, 18, 14. Like it's yeah, a little he can be high. In the Sixteen makes sense. Yeah. So. But I, I mean, even so, like that's going to be that's going to put him on a really crazy pace. I think he's going to push for fifty. I would not be surprised if he gets fifty. I know that that seems like a crazy total. I think he's going to get close. He's better than last he, year. He had forty goals in fifty six games last year. I say he does it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was actually going to like give that some love yesterday, and then I just forgot. Because I agree. That whole thing seems to be taken off. Now I can't escape it. I started doing that two years ago, and now I have to do it every single time he scores. I'm like, I've trapped myself. Well, James, one of the – we'll get to our pod bag. I like Punch named it the pod bag. I like that. Uh, but one of the, the questions was a positivity corner, and that was it. The positivity corner is done. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, James. Questions. What do you got? That was a short positivity corner. My friend Omar, handle Tic Tac Tomar, says, Why can't the Leafs just lose? Why does it have to be a huge collapse? Why? Why? That's what it says. I mean, we have kind of 
we, we've kind of talked about that. I just like the way that he phrased that question and I wanted to read it. So we don't, you don't have to answer that if you don't want to. And props to him for providing all those gifts, which are very helpful to everyone. Yeah. Well, you, you follow Tic Tac Tomar a hundred percent. If you're on Twitter, he's, he's your guy for uh, watching all the carnage from the game last night. Uh, Steve, whose handle is Steve SC drums would like to know, are we going to see Hutchinson in one of the next two games after the shelling that Anderson just took? I don't see how you don't play Anderson. You don't play uh, Hutchinson. Here's the you only don't. way it's possible. Number one, they're not traveling. Um, if they were to lose on Wednesday night, I think it's possible. I think it's possible regardless. Like I would not be. The only thing is, like uh, Sheldon Keefe had said that that Jack Campbell's probably a week away. So mm-hmm. it, you've got a Saturday game. I don't know that you would want to play Anderson Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, I, I, I don't think it's impossible that he starts both if they lose on Wednesday night, especially what about you? I think Hutchinson is going to play one of these games and I think that social media is going to melt down and, you know, we'll have more things to talk about when we, when we record next week. It would be really tough though, James, like if they somehow lost on Wednesday night, which they shouldn't, but like hockey is hockey. Um, and then Hutchinson plays and he does Hutchinson things like that would be tough. The, the, the problem, the reason I didn't like them bringing Hutchinson back, even as the fourth goalie is this situation. And last year when he was their goalie, the, his teammates lost confidence in him. They did not believe right, in him so. as their goaltender. No, and then they, they shouldn't have, but yeah. the only way he's going to be able to get that back is, is coming in and, and playing well. So. It, it, it makes it easier eh, if they if, if they're if, if they come out and, and really own that game Wednesday and win four nothing or something, then it makes it a simpler decision to put Hutchinson in in, in for the Thursday game, doesn't it? Well, and in theory, they should beat Ottawa with you in that. Like, oh man, the talent is just like they should. I guess what I'm saying is like they should be able to beat Ottawa with Hutchinson in that. It shouldn't be that big a deal. Like, I have never played a game wearing like full equipment on in on the ice. Have you as a goalie? No, I've, no. I've never done it. No. I'm not flexible enough. I don't bend that way. Yeah, I, you're I too can't. long and gangly and skinny. Well, the funny thing is, is that like I am built like Tuka Rask and those guys. I'm like six five, one ninety. Like in theory, I should be like able to take up a lot of the net, but I've just never tried it. It's interesting, you know. My son, he's six. He wants to be a goalie. So oh, we'll see if that we'll see, we'll see if that I think I think they just like the equipment when they're little. But he's a big Frederick Anderson fan. When we watch the game, he's he's talking a lot about what's going on with Anderson. So what is uh Anderson save wow, man, it really can't recover from these games. What do you think Anderson's save percentage on the year is right now? It's under nine hundred, I'm sure it is. It is nine or something. It is nine oh one. Okay. It's because he's had some like real Turd games. I mean, like Ottawa didn't even have a ton of shots last night, did they? I mean, they had the one period they did, but like, I, I don't think that I don't think he was like really shelled with volume. No, uh, his even strength numbers are very well. Actually, they've dipped a bit. Okay, next question. So he had an eight oh six last night. That's, that'll That's not that'll good. take a that'll take a bite out of your save percentage. Wally well, wants to know. Do you think not having fans in the stands or reporters in the locker room has helped the Leafs with the emotional swings they usually deal with in Toronto? I will answer that by saying it should. It should help them because it's. it's I think it's annoying when you lose games and the reporters are in your face. And but I don't know. Maybe maybe we overestimate that impact. Maybe it's maybe it's not real. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe like they're still reading social media and. They're still reading Cloak's report cards and, and him ripping them every <laughs> night. And like me, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it has an impact? I, I do want to shout out. Josh has done like some unbelievable stuff, like the Matthews story. If people didn't catch it, uh, he wrote about Matthews time in Switzerland. He's doing the report cards every game. Um, so shout out to him. But on that point, I think there's something to that. I think there is like you take a game like Monday night where they blow the lead I can imagine as a player being a little bit annoyed with some of the questions you would get after that kind of game because of what we're talking about here. It 
there would be a tendency to make a lot out of the game and maybe maybe we should maybe we shouldn't i i, I tend to think it's probably more towards it it's not as big as a deal as it probably feels and so like you kind of avoid that you you avoid some of that uh the media's in our space kind of stuff you avoid the the dullness in the arena sometimes but like it's hard to play in an empty arena i would think there's just no energy. Like you have to find all your energy yourself. Now that's teams, their teams job. Teams have talked about that. You know, what an advantage for it. Like I, I think I know why the Florida Panthers are off to a huge start. They're they're used to it. Yeah, huh? that's that's very Dumb. good. Ching. Um, this guy's name is Leafs are good. I think. Leafs are good, I think, asks, is Galchenyuk insurance in case Engvall gets claimed on waivers or are they not going to put Engvall on waivers? I think if Engvall, has he has he met the requirements or he has one yeah, more game or something? Yeah, last night, Monday night. So now he, if you want Engvall to be on the taxi squad, he has to go through waivers. Would you chance Engvall through waivers? I would think he would get claimed. I do not think he would get claimed. Mm, okay. 1.25 for a fourth liner? I don't think so. But there's so many teams that like he's just Engvall's funny because I watch the games. It's like, man, look at that guy go. Like he's he's huge and fast and like, but then he gets the puck and it doesn't do what he wants it to do, or maybe he doesn't want it to do the thing that he should want it to do, or I don't know. He just he does not have the hands or the the mind, I think, to be more than a fourth line guy. Yeah, I wouldn't hate clearing that up. I know it's not a lot of space, but like, what's he actually worth? He's not even killing I penalties. A, I think he's a good fourth liner. Like, who like, should make seven hundred and fifty? Not one. That was another one of those ones, weird ones, where they signed him like really quickly when he was on like a huge shooting percentage bender, and now it looks kind of weird. How about this for a stat, James? His shooting percentage last year, eleven point one percent. His shooting percentage this year, eleven point one percent. That's cool. Well, he just not, does he just not have as many shots as he has nine shots in seven games? So no, he's just like not getting the opportunities. No, he's not playing as much either. Brett, All right, Brett. Next Hil- question. Brett Hilton wants to know: Is there psychologically something wrong with the Maple Leafs? It feels like they collapse way more often than their average team. I have no idea if that's true or not. No, I, I feel think like I think this is a Toronto thing. In terms of like that. You're only seeing the Leafs do this. Every team does this. But, dude, Jonas, didn't you see, like, those stats about how, like, that was the most unlikely loss in the last, like, 10 years, statistically speaking? Like, the, the being up 5-1 on the worst team in the league, no team has come back from that since we have the data going back to 2007. I'm not saying it's good. I just, I just think every <laughs> team, if you watch every team enough, they're going to have, like, these collapses. It's just is magnified more here. I want that audio that I can just use. (laughs) I can play it again. Like there was a a game, James, and it's, it's, it's sort of similar in, in the NBA. So the Clippers last year in the playoffs, they had leads at halftime. And I think they were up three, one in the series against Denver. They had leads at halftime in games. I guess it would have been five, six and seven. And they lost all of them. And people were like freaking out because this team was supposed to like challenge the Lakers, maybe win a title and then early this year, they got – I think they lost – I was really excited to watch this game. They were playing Dallas, I believe it was. And literally by halftime, they were down like 30 or 40 points. And they lost, I think, by 50. And now they're they're just fine. Like, they're just good. So I guess my point is, like, we can over-spin those things. I think they mean something, but I think we can over-emphasize how much they actually mean. That's just me. I may be wrong. One more question, James. One more. Oh, I got to make it good then. This is a good question. Adam Dreger. Dreger? Dreger. Dreger. It's the brother of Goalie in Florida. Chris Dreger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dreger. Potentially. I think it is. It looks like it's spelled different. Uh, who has locked down a fourth line spot? I think Spezza and Boyd should both be there permanently. What do you think? Who, who do you think like is has I think confirmed? It's just Spetzer. You know, you're not down on Boyd, eh? All he does is continue to produce. Uh he's been fine. He's been fine. I mean, five points in eight games. I can't really like. I would keep him in the lineup, though. I mean, that, that's oh what, yeah, that, oh yeah. That's what sure. Dreger is asking. Is 
you know, who, who, who has solidified their spot as, as a guy who plays every night. I guess what I'm saying is like he could have two or three poor games and be out. Like, I don't think he's locked anything down. The thing I noticed last night is his, his skating to me showed up a little bit that he's yes, not, he's, he's not the fastest. Yeah. He's so there's a reason why he's 27 and has played under hundred games in the league. Like it's not, not an accident that he was playing 12 minutes a game in Washington. You know what I mean? Mm, Dan, whose handle is 265 kilometers says, what the hell is the point of this team? The mood and, uh, Oh, shocking Stolfi. for a first place team. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie well, asks, is Katie Strang the best journalist in hockey? Did you get a chance to read that piece yet today? I'm like a quarter of the way through it. Oh, you got to get deeper for it to get really good. It's Katie something. Strang, Katie Strang, uh, rides again with a, a wonderful story on the Arizona Coyotes. She's been working on that a long time. I, I heard about that story quite a while ago. So it's, the amount of legwork that goes into a piece like that, basically she just details the dysfunction in the organization with the new ownership group. And I still feel like that, that, that team, it, it's precarious that they're going to, they're going to last in that market. It's tough to do, do it worse than they've done it there. They have done some terrible, dumb things. I mean, even like the, trading for Taylor Hall last year is dumb. Well, it seems like they keep compounding the errors. Like it, it, they're just like in this like spin cycle of like it just keeps happening over and over again. You know, like they keep they like go forward and trade for players, and when they're not, the roster is not good enough and not ready, and then they they make the wrong draft picks. Like they pick you know Dylan Strom, and then they trade him away in a bad trade, and then <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just yes, uh, and they have all these guys signed long term. Like Clayton Keller is signed to like. 2027 or 2028 Nick Schmaltz 2026 and none of them are like bargain contracts like they all got a lot of money and a lot of term and yeah trading for Phil did not work out either the the one thing we didn't talk about that I did want to mention and when you went into positivity corner I didn't get a chance to uh, oh yeah sorry about that I was just going to say like with the defense like the the one caveat I have to saying the defense has been fine is I think Morgan Riley has has not had a great start to the year again. And I don't know why. I don't know. don't know. Like, it, I think TJ Brody's been fine, but maybe maybe the chemistry's not there fully, or I don't know. What, like, what, what have you seen from Riley so far this year? I do think the decision-making at times has not been great. Yeah. And if you kind of pick apart his offensive numbers, I was looking at this the other day, it's mostly like secondary assists. Like, it's not like he's been – driving the offense like he did that one year. Uh, so he has 10 assists, eight of them are secondary. Um, some of that's power play. Uh, but I do think it like it does take time to kind of find your way with a new partner. And obviously he's been bouncing with different partners the last couple of years. Um, and they've been playing harder minutes than, than he had for the most part last year. Uh, I guess I'm not that worried, is what I'm saying about Morgan Riley. Are you? Surprisingly, there are a number of people in – well, all we did was ask for questions for the podcast, and there's multiple people saying that should they trade Riley. So it's uh, that's where the temperature is at on him right now. People really didn't like what happened on that overtime goal because I don't know if you watched it closely, but he had, he had a chance to set up um, Matthews for the hat trick on the side of the net. And instead, Riley took uh, a bad shot that was blocked, and then he misplayed the play coming back the other way. And uh, who's your daddy, Evgeny Dadanov, finished off the the win. I didn't have a problem with that shot. I get it. Like, Matthews is open, but, like, it's it's three-on-three overtime. It's such a clusterfuck. But you can't get blocked in that situation, right? Because the counterattack can be, like, so so devastating. True, and he misplayed the... Look where look where Marner is on that play too, right? Like he's down at the front of the net. Matthews is Matthews is where he's supposed to be because he's got a legitimate offensive threat from there. So like you have to make the right play at that point, otherwise it's going to come back the other way on you. It was three. On it was three a mistake. So stupid, but yeah, mistake for sure. I mean, it's better than a shootout. I go into those games. I'm just like, I hope it just doesn't go to a shootout. Just have a tie. Do ten minutes of three on three and then have a tie. The three and three is kind of stupid, but you still have to like, I don't know. 
doesn't mean that mistakes aren't made. Can you imagine if the NBA for overtime was like, we're just going to have two on two to decide the game? It's, it's lunacy. But anyway. All right. Is there anything else you want to mention before we go? Um, hmm. I think we should well, point out that Steve Dangle was on with Haley and Ian. Man, we're getting like some like crossover. This is like when, what do you call it? When it's like a crossover and you get like, like remember when the critic went on the Simpsons and like, you know, you, you get different shows combining. You get Dangle on the, the athletic hockey show. Should we have Dangle on our show? Sure. Be interesting. He's he's big time, man. He's big time. He's done well. Good for he's him. On TV. He's on the YouTube, as the kids call it. He's got his own podcast. The thing I don't understand that show is called the Steve Dangle Podcast. But then there's two other guys that are like that that, that talk just as much as he does. Like that's big time. It would be like if we called this show the James Myrtle Show. <laughs> and then you're, you know, we're not going to call it that. If anything, it'd be like the Siegel and Myrtle show. Nice. Maybe we should change I feel, the name. You want to call it that? <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the next iteration will be called that. I think we sold the name Leaf Report to The Athletic. So if, if they fire us one day, we don't get to take, we don't get to keep the name, I don't think. All right. Well, let's not. We're going to keep going. <laughs> we're going to keep chugging. Keep signing up. Theathletic.com slash Leaf Report. Indeed. Keep Jonas employed. Feed his many children. All right. So a couple more games with Ottawa for the Leafs, then Montreal over the weekend in Montreal, then a couple against Calgary next week. So I think we'll probably, I think we might be best to talk next Thursday after the second Calgary game because then they don't play Friday either. And then they got Saturday in Edmonton. And then they're on the road for like forever. They're on this really long Western swing. Yeah, you were debating whether you should go or not. Yeah, we... I think we came out on the side that it's just not worth the risk. Like it, it's a friggin' pandemic. Yeah, I mean we're looking forward to getting back on the road, and but you know there's not there's not really a lot of access to the players right now. So no, there 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 have been I've seen a few complaints about the coverage. I mean we we have to we've had to change our coverage a little bit, and we're still figuring out the best way to cover the team without really being in the dressing room and I, I think sometimes fans underestimate how important it is to be in the dressing room and just like the conversations you can have and you get to know the players a bit better and it's just like a more for what we're doing at the athletic where we're trying to tell really unique stories it's it was an important part of what we were doing so I, I think our coverage has been been solid but we're still working on on finding the best lanes for us to be in with uh, with the access being the way that it is I don't blame fans for not like if they underestimate that stuff, how could they possibly know? Um, but like, I can give you an example. Like, I'm writing this Jimmy VC story. I'm not going to get to talk to Jimmy VC. And like, normally, I just after the skate or after practice, I would just go and talk to him about what's been going on, how it's been going. I just can't do that, and that's okay. Like, it's a it's a pandemic. We can we'll make do, right? Like, we'll we'll make the best of the situation. Hopefully, next year it's better and back closer to normal. Be like James and Jonas, stay home, stay safe, wear your mask, subscribe to The Athletic, just read Katie Strang's story over and over again, and uh, we'll be on the other side of this pretty soon. I'm looking out my window right now, Jonas, and there is a lot of snow in my neighborhood. I don't know about where you are, but there's there are mountains of snow. We live like 20 minutes apart. <laughs> I think it might even be the same. No, it's uh, there's more snow over here. I'm in the East End. There's more. St- I get more snow up here than, than downtown. I lived downtown for years. It's it's different. It's a completely different world here. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk next week. Hopefully, the snow is dissipated and things are on the up and up. James, keep well. Everyone, keep well. Thank you for listening. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.